Hello, peaches, and welcome to the No Peach Left Behind podcast bonus features. This little snippet of audio came from my conversation with JC Mercer, a woman's health coach. She was on in episode 1.2. And in this segment, we basically talk about how your diet can have a hidden effect on your health, how we find that typically with the American diet, it's just not as conducive to healthy eating and healthy living, and how we both learned a new perspective on healthy eating from traveling abroad. So without further ado. I remember reading somewhere that you shouldn't consume dairy during your period, and I don't remember if they gave an explanation, but I think that makes sense, right? Because dairy is inflammatory. I know it produces mucus in the system. That's probably one of the reasons why you shouldn't consume dairy. Yeah. So dairy, I mean, for everybody, it's very, very, very different. Some people might be lactose intolerant and some people may straight up have like an allergy or even just a sensitivity to it. So one of the things that I help my clients with is just Eliminate, try and experiment and eliminate dairy for a little bit and see if that helps you before your period, just for a few weeks. And then once you have your cycle, the next time, just see how your period goes. Yeah, it's interesting to think of like how many people um, have a sensitivity to something like dairy or gluten and just don't realize it. And then as soon as you start eliminating those things from your diet, you feel like a whole new person. I developed lactose intolerance when I was in high school. And it was terrible, right? Because there's that, you know, that period when you don't know you have it and you like don't change your diet at all. And I was just miserable. And then, of course, when you finally find out that you have and you get rid of it, it's like, oh, there's a person underneath all this misery. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dairy and gluten can be really problematic for a lot of people. That's intense to experience being lactose intolerant, I'm sure. I, I'm not lactose intolerant myself. Um, however, I am sensitive. But mm. yeah, I, I can't even imagine what that would be like to react in that way. Some people vomit. Some people break out in skin rashes. I mean, you can probably imagine a little bit because you have endometriosis. I feel like it's morally more extreme than my version of lactose intolerance. But I can kind of relate in that sense where it's like for a while I wasn't diagnosed and I thought I was going crazy too. And I kind of had to... Uh, convince people in my life that like, hey, no, something is definitely wrong because all of a sudden I have diarrhea like at least once a week or something like that, you know? Yeah. Then it was eventually my mom took me to the doctor and then finally to the gastro. And that's when I figured it out. I relate to that, the not knowing and the frustration of that and just feeling sick, but no idea why you're sick, you know, because mm -hmm. everything you're doing feels normal. Like I'm just eating normal food. I'm just going to school like a normal person. Why all of a sudden this? Yeah, I think a lot of us have those experiences at, at some point in our life, you know, men as well. Mm -hmm. All of us are experiencing health problems. And sometimes we have no idea that they're even problems until they kind of yell at us, right? And they get worse and worse and worse to the point where we're dysfunctional. Especially as Americans, because we live in the country that has like the worst diet apparently <laughs> in the world. So yeah, I feel like a lot of us are dealing with that, like health issues. They're essentially hidden health issues because we just don't recognize the signs. Yeah, I know. It's very sad. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> 
So I, uh, in the past couple of years, have actually started feeling healthier and being healthier and like my diet has changed a bunch. And I attribute a lot of that to having traveled outside of America. And I did a working holiday in Australia for a year. And of course, as you know, because you've been there, <laughs> their relationship to food is totally different, I think, than ours. How do you feel about Australia, New Zealand? Because I saw that you traveled there like shortly after you were diagnosed. So I'm sure it's a big part of your healing journey. Yeah, it was. It was huge. My trip to New Zealand was first. It was before Australia. And my decision to go to New Zealand was for several reasons, but mainly because I was going on a healing journey. And at that point, I had already had two surgeries and gone through multiple treatments. And, you know, I fully believe you cannot heal in the same environment you got sick in. Mm. And something was not working for me. Now, I don't think that everybody needs to go like <laughs> sell all their belongings and move across the world. Um, they should. All. I know. I know. Right. <laughs> but um, for me, that was it was calling me and I paid attention to that. And I left a beautiful community that I adored and a job that I didn't love <laughs> Yeah, and went to New Zealand. And my life just changed incredibly when I got there. Not only was it just flawless and a new way of living and really being in tune and connected to the outdoors and my body, but there were a lot of challenges that came with being over there and being alone and stuff. So it was a, it was a huge transformational journey for me. But yeah, I went over there for my health, really, and ended up meeting my now fiance. And so that's actually what took me to Australia. <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. Well, congratulations. That's awesome. Thank you. I So I did it the other way around. I spent a year in Australia and then I did a month in New Zealand. But definitely in both of these places, but especially in New Zealand, I felt that connection to the earth, to the land. And like you felt the food was super fresh, like this lamb was just slaughtered yesterday or something. Like you felt good while you were eating it. and. I noticed that with all the other New Zealanders, like all the Kiwis, that their food was just like, they can't even imagine having like the ultra processed food that we have here. I remember I was like in Australia and like this lady in a cafe, she was talking about her trip to America and she's like saw, um, you know, the cheese in the can that we have, like the, the whizzy cheese or that you spray. Yeah. And she was like, what the hell is that? Can you believe <laughs> they eat that over there? <laughs> and I was just like, oh, you don't have that here? <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Well, the thing is, is they have adopted the Western diet. The Western diet is the American diet, which is highly refined processed foods, lots of refined sugar and refined grains and all of that, um, alcohol, dairy, all that. But you're right. It's like they look at food differently. I felt that more in Australia, like the way that they really appreciated every single meal and the cafes are all very health conscious. So good. Um, I know, (laughs) like I never had to go searching for paleo options or gluten-free options or dairy-free options. Yeah. It was all there. It was so easy. I was like, wow, I could live here forever and have no problem being healthy. Yeah. It's totally different. And I just feel forever grateful that I got to have that experience in both countries. I would not have taken it back for the world. It was just the best. Yeah, I'm with you 100%. It's always hard to talk about that experience with people who haven't done something like that, who haven't been to Australia or or even lived anywhere else other than, you know, the States. 
And it's just so eye-opening to see people who live a different way and like have a different attitude about life, you know? Yeah, absolutely. You're hearing you try to have your own self-awareness and do what you think is healthy and like educate yourself and elevate yourself, right? But you're still living in this specific context, right? Mm-hmm it's different like other people around you don't have that same relationship to the food but when you're in Australia it feels so natural to be healthy or it feels natural to act a different way or to act in a way that's better for you as opposed to what I feel like we do here where it's like you know whatever's convenient most of the time is what you're gonna do or eat yeah If I could, I would spend a year in, you know, most countries just to experience. I just think traveling and exploring and furthering your awareness of yourself and, you know, understanding other cultures and how they eat and, you know, how they come together and just even noticing in New Zealand and in Australia, but I, I noticed big time in New Zealand that family dinners were so important to them. I just remember taking walks in the neighborhood I was living in and like every family was outside having a bottle of wine and their dinner together. Mm-hmm. And I've also traveled Europe too. So it just kind of reminded me of the European culture as well and how family is is such an important thing and taking the time to come together and have a meal together and yeah. It's such a difference, isn't it? Yeah. Huge huge difference and hey, I also love that too. Honestly, if I could, I would travel way more. Of course, now with the COVID, it's kind of stopped all of our plans, but I'm trying to travel at least like two or three times a year, if I can, to another country. Um, But since we're on the topic, um, what would you recommend to women who want to travel alone, like who haven't solo traveled? Because I know when I was first considering it, I was definitely nervous because everything we hear in the media and from my mom and, you know, your family is that it's dangerous out there and you don't want to be alone as a woman. You know, you're opening yourself up to trouble and like you don't want to get taken advantage of and all that stuff. But the reality was like the complete opposite. I've never felt like safer and more satisfied in my life. Same. Yeah. To answer your question, I think it also depends on where you're going to, you know, do your research, understand what you're getting into, where you're going. For me, going to New Zealand, I had no idea. You know, I'd never been there, but I didn't really have a lot of fear about my safety in New Zealand. In fact, I felt safer in New Zealand. Yes, 100%. (laughs) I remember being there and like walking at night on hikes and being like, I literally have no fear. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, I did that too. I was in New Zealand and I was doing like this little walk because, you know, they have the bunch of little nature hikes that you can take throughout the South. And I was doing this one walk that was like abandoned. There was nobody there that day. There was nobody in the parking lot. There were these two guys who were like setting up a sign in front in the little info section. And that was it. And then I just started walking and I literally got lost in this path for an hour. And I I was a little nervous because like it's not fun to be lost. But at the same time, it was beautiful. You know, it was nature. It was awesome. And I never felt like, oh, somebody like a boogeyman's going to come out and get me or anything. I was just like, you know what? I just need to find my way back. Let me just backtrack the way I came. I'll get there eventually. Like it was just so chill. And I yeah, I never felt like I was in danger. Just funny because yeah. I, I can't tell my mom that story because she would freak out. I know it's only natural for parents to be concerned. But for me also like, there's no snakes in New Zealand. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> thank God. 
I know. So I was like, okay, I can literally go anywhere and not have any concerns. For me, going to New Zealand wasn't really a concern for me at all. Um, in fact, I agree. I felt liberated in so many ways being on my own. Of course, I was scared, you know, when you first leave your life and you move with a suitcase. Yeah. Change is scary, but I feel like it's supposed to be scary, right? It is. Yeah. If it wasn't scary, it wouldn't be changing. You're just doing the same thing then. Yeah, exactly. And for anybody that's thinking about taking a big move, taking the risk or, you know, even just going traveling by yourself, I just say, go for it. Don't look back. Don't question yourself. Go for it. It is about to unlock so many layers of yourself that you have no idea about until you go and do this. Yes. Thank you. I love that you said that because that's the one thing I felt when I was solo traveling is that you can't ignore yourself. You only have you. You can't really distract yourself from yourself. I mean, you can you know, plan your whole day, but at the end of the day, it's just you there. And you really discover like what you want, what you don't want, what you like, what you hate. And it is amazing because you literally get to live so selfishly, which I never feel like I can do when I'm back home with my family and my friends and everyone. Yeah. It's amazing. It really is. I highly recommend it to anyone really. For me personally, it was important to do something like that before I settled down and have kids and get married because I wanted to learn more about myself, you know, and put myself in uncomfortable situations and, you know, learn about how I handle that and spend more alone time with me and be comfortable with that. Yeah, I love that. The more self-awareness you can cultivate, the better your life will be. Definitely. And it never ends, does it? It's a lifelong journey. (sighs) It's the same with your body. That's why I always try and say, you know, don't be hard on yourself. It's never going to be perfect. In fact, that's not even the aim. The aim is not to be perfect. It's not to be like the most self-aware person. It's just to have so much compassion for yourself and understand that this it's a lifelong thing. Yeah. And respect yourself, mm-hmm. right? Respect for your body and for what you're going through. Because like you said, it is a lifelong journey. You're constantly changing. Your hormones, your perspective on life is constantly going to be changing. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening to No Peach Left Behind. If you like this podcast as much as we do, like us on Apple Podcasts and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And join the conversation. Engage with us on Instagram at just.peachiness and on our website, peachiness.com. On the website, you'll find show notes for each episode, including links to any resources we mentioned and a transcript for each episode. You can also send us a voice message through Anchor, our podcast hosting platform. And who knows, maybe we'll put your message on an episode. Thanks, everyone. See you next time.